What's going on? Charles Botenston here. And today we're going to be talking about something that I would say only in the last six months, seven months, have I really uh, looked into this. And uh, essentially what it is, is always being right. The need for being right. And it actually came up two times. And it's very, very similar circumstances on why they came up and why I actually want to talk about this. Because there's really two schools of people, and I don't know if you follow uh, Tom Bailu or Bayou or however you say his last name. He has a YouTube channel called Impact Theory. He was the co-founder at Quest Nutrition Bars and whatnot, and he actually brought this up today, and I truly, truly wish this on everyone, is that Carol Dweck came out with the book called Mindset, and essentially she came out with two types of mindsets. And I 100% agree with her. Obviously, she has scientific data backing it. All I have is experience <laughs> and who I was. So for about 22 years of my life, I was a fixed mindset type of person because I was being told by... And keep in mind, this is not at a time of the internet age of connectivity. There was no iPhone. There was no social media. You know, we're talking about 2003 and before. Okay. So the internet was like an infant. All right. We weren't talking about, uh, there were no audiobooks. There was no YouTube. Facebook wasn't around. There was no iPhone, things like that. So I was under the impression that because I didn't like to read and because I wasn't good at school is that that's what I was supposed to, uh, that's just how it was, you know, that that I wasn't good at school. And because I wasn't good at school, I wasn't going to be successful. I was being told by teachers I, was, I wasn't going to be successful. My grades obviously indicated. I had friends, parents who were like, let's just spend a little less time with Charles. And, you know, I caused trouble. I just wasn't a good kid. I had a very fixed mindset. And I'll tell you right now is that entire... That, that really formed who I was because I was never right. I was never right. I caused trouble. I was in the wrong. I went to school. I was in the wrong because I didn't get good grades. I caused trouble. I had detention. I got demerits. I got, you know, uh, friends' parents. You know, I was never, never right. And this is the funny thing is my sister was always right. She got straight A's. She got a full scholarship or a half scholarship to college and then worked in the dean's office and paid off the rest. Like she literally did everything that a parent would want you to do. Like she was, she literally, we, uh, no joke, we call her Perfect Carrie. And I know we joke around about that Perfect Carrie and everything else. Unfortunately, that was a detriment because she was always right. And that became her mantra is that I am always right. I need to be right. And there's, okay, so we'll talk about it in one way, which is you're, she's in not an argument, but just a conversation. And I, because I was never right, say she would say X is right. And I'm like, well, I think Y is right. And she goes, no, 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 X is right. And because I have a history of being wrong, I would be, I would just be like, oh, okay. Even though if I, even if I thought I was right, because I was always wrong in life that I would just be like, oh, okay, no, she's always right. This is the problem is that when you think you are always right, 
You don't want to be proven wrong. You don't want to be publicly shown to be wrong because it is against your, it, not only is it against your, your, your beliefs and your, your whole, your self-esteem, your self-worth, your, your confidence, everything, because if you are wrong, that means that you're, you're wrong. Like, what? No, I'm always right. I was the opposite where when I was right, I was like, well, okay, cool. That's amazing. That was actually terrible for 22 years of my life, but it is extremely beneficial now. Why is that beneficial now? Because society is not a school. Okay, society is, and I'm, I'm going to use the term uh, messy, not because, you know, it's ugly or whatever your, you know, limiting beliefs are as to society, government, and, you know, whatever. I'm saying messy as in it is not perfect. You know, people are not perfect. There will be mistakes. There will be rejection. There will be yeses. There will be noes. There will be bad relationships, good relationships. You'll make good decisions, bad decisions. Like there, like in school, it was a very binary thing. You know, I, I came out with one of my more successful recent videos, which was if-then statements. That's really what life is. Life is if I put salad into my mouth as opposed to sugar or carbs or you know, fast food or whatever, if I put salad into my body, I will be healthier. If I go to the gym, I will be healthier. School is exactly that same way. It's very binary. If you study this chapter, you will pass the test. Life is not like that. You know, like, yes, once you start having success, you can literally break down and be successful. You can look at Tom Brady. Or you could look at like myself, who's I'm not comparing myself to Tom Brady's level, but Tom Brady says, if I have this salad, if I have this food, if I don't have meat, if I don't go out and party, if I don't do these other things and I do these other things that make me successful, which is focus on my sleep, focus on studying, I know exactly the defenses, and he's so comfortable in the pocket that he's able to make split-second decisions because he's seen it all. In other words, he's hacked success, okay? It's the same thing with me is that I know that my life or my day-to-day, -day, I should say my day-to-day -day life literally comes down to four decisions. I, I, I went to this um, incredible real estate, uh, not really seminar, but they had this educational event and I used to go literally every single time they had it. You know, I just had such a growth mindset post 24 23 my my entire world was open you know thank god grace the universe source whatever you want to call it but i literally you know i was pulled out of the matrix you know as as they say you know i, I took the red pill but at this real estate conference they had or not conference it was you know it was only about 100 150 people but they had these three panelists one person was uh, selling $50 million worth of homes, $75 million worth of homes, and $100 million worth of homes. There's three of them. So, you know, combined, you're looking over $200 million worth of homes that they're selling. It was moderated by a guy who runs a successful brokerage. So there's some, there are smart people. You know, sometimes they say, I am a life coach. I'm a health coach. I'm a blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, w what have you done? You know, real estate is, is very, you know, dare I say binary like that. It's like, what have you done? You know, like, I would rather learn for someone that's doing it. Okay. So they all bring up 
four things consistently. Number one, they wake up early. Number two, they meditate. And they throw in gratitude into that. Wake up early, meditate, then go to the gym, and then they make sales calls. And if they do that, their day is amazing. And I've noticed that, is that if I don't do one of those things, I feel a little bit off. There's like, if I don't meditate that day, you know, my day is still fine. If I don't exercise, that's massive. If I don't make sales calls, that's massive. If I don't wake up early, that's massive, okay? The meditating, it's kind of like the, the sprinkles on the cake. The cake is delicious because I went to the gym and I woke up early and I made sales calls and oh, by the way, I cleared my mind through meditation. So going back to the original point is, of this is that if you, you really have to know, you really have to just, I cannot stress this enough is that people don't want to look at their childhood. They don't want to look how they were grown up because maybe it was a one parent household or they, they had a, an abusive relationship or they didn't like, they didn't have any relationship with any, their parents or whoever raised them or it was a negative household, alcoholic household, there's drugs or there's abuse or, or there was a divorce involved or there was no money or too much money or they're pampered or no love or whatever the case is. But you have to go back and you have to say, why am I the way I am? Why am I the way I am? My parents tried so, so hard and I have no idea what switched at age 23 but up until age 23 or 22, right around there, we'll say 22, up until 22, I rejected every single thing that was supposed to be good for me. Someone said, if you study, you will get good grades. I just didn't believe them. I, I, because everything I quote unquote tried to do didn't work. So this is the thing is I now have an agent who I went to her and I was telling my, uh, 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 telling her about my sister because uh, one of my agents sort of has this mindset where she had amazing grades. She like never got in trouble, never got yelled at, had no idea what detention was, always had incredible straight A's and full ride to college and went to an incredible high school and things like literally the, the if it was art, it would sell for billions of dollars. It was like, perfect. It was like, okay, this, this is exactly how a child should be raised. This is the thing is that if you are never told that you are either wrong or there's a different way of thinking, or maybe you should see it a different way, you will, you will not want to explore that because you don't want to be, you don't want to be shown number one, that you're wrong. So you have a fixed mindset. Number two is if someone comes with an alternative motive or if someone says, you know what it really boils down to? This is what it boils down to. That a lot of folks that say that they need to be right, if they are wrong, it's something else. It is never them. And that's a problem. Okay. So if they are wrong on an answer, they're say on a test for school, They'll blame and they'll say, I, I, it was never taught or it wasn't in a textbook or I didn't have enough time. You know, do you understand that all of those excuses are on the outside? You know, for me, if I didn't get that answer right, I'm just like, I, okay, yeah, I didn't even study. You know, like I'm blaming myself. Like, yeah, of course. 
but if because they're always right they they don't look at themselves which is an issue they don't look and they don't question themselves and that is very fixed and i could tell you right now it's stressful it is very stressful to hold the mindset that you are always correct and if you're not correct it is something else there is something else that made you incorrect and it is really bad so the point of this podcast is that if you feel you that you are either always correct or here's the kicker you need to prove someone else wrong you really need to do some interwork some some inner work some inner work and find out why am i like this because if you need to prove someone else wrong or you need to always prove yourself correct you are going to go that is exhausting that is exhausting i'll tell you a couple examples right now you know i you know as most of you know i am in real estate in new york city blah blah i own a real estate company and uh, there are i could i can't you know count but i could tell you right now out of an entire year of working there are probably thousands of examples where i knew i was correct but you know what i say i say okay yeah you're right you know listen if it's something really big you know why because who cares seriously who cares you know here's an example I, an agent called me and the agent said, hey, listen, you know, I'm about to go into a pitch. What did the home sell for that you're in contract with? So they, they wanted to know, you know, the price and the square footage and things like that. And, and so the agent asked me, she said, oh, what's the square footage? I was like, I think off the top of my head, I think it's 818 square feet. The agent goes, oh, I just looked it up. It's you're wrong. It's actually 816. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So that is a perfect example of the other agent needing to be correct and proving you wrong. It's only two square feet. Okay, if I was way off, that's a little bit different. And, and they weren't even involved in the deal. They were looking to compare it for another apartment um, down the block. It wasn't even in the building. They're trying to find comparables and things like that. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that it w if that was me on the other end and they and I said, oh, what is it? And I asked them, what's the square footage? And they told me 818. You know, another agent told me 818. And then I saw it on my internal system because I'm looking at the system. They're not. And I see that it's 816. I say, oh, okay, thanks a lot. I don't need to prove them wrong. Or I don't need to prove myself right. There's no need. Like, what is the need? Like, what's the benefit? Like, what are you getting out of it? Seriously. What are you getting out of it? Like, what? what is so necessary to prove people wrong? There is like this stigma in society that being incorrect is like the devil. Like, is sinful. Like, you can't do it. Stop doing it. Listen, prove me wrong all day. I want to be wrong. And if you read the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, Mark Manson talks about that. Highly recommend the book. There hasn't been a book that I've read in a while that was as good as that. 
The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Okay? And the title is 100%. And by the way, his blogs are incredible. I'm, I'm literally right after these, I'm about to do two or three podcasts. I'm on his website right now. I'm looking at it on my computer. And he talks about his first line of the, the blog post that he has right now. It says, it took me 18 months to write the subtle art of not giving a fuck. 18 months. And he says, over that time period, I wrote somewhere in the vicinity of 150,000 words for the book, which is about 600 pages. That's insane. That's a whole, that's a whole hell lot of writing and being wrong. Because the book was only about 200 and something. So he literally took about, he, he chopped 60% of that away from his book. And you know what? In that book, he actually talks about it. He goes, we're, through life, we're never going to be perfect. We just get a little bit less wrong. Just a little bit less wrong. That's it. There is no like, I am correct always. You just, you learn something and you're like, oh, that's a better way to sell. Oh, that's a better way of influencing, parenting, going to the gym, health, eating, waking up, body hack, mind hack, life hack. That's just a little bit better. And you're just you're just a little less wrong from the year before. And it's a very unique way of looking at it. You could either look at it where I'm getting a little bit better or the way that he explains it is I'm just a little less wrong this year. And he goes, I am 100% happy with that. I've never heard of that explained like that. And not only is it interesting, it really got me to thinking is how many times am I trying to be right? So listen, please just, there's two areas of your life you really have to look at, which is number one, who cares? Okay, um, I'll, I'll have another list of those two. You know, I just got into something else. But number one is, who cares? Where is this most just, where is this most cancerous? Relationships. How many times do spouses have the stupidest fucking arguments over the dumbest things? Oh, I took out the trash on Tuesday. No, you didn't. You took it out on Monday night. Uh, no, I took it out on Tuesday. No, you took it out on Monday night. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Like what? The trash went out. It got picked up. Whether it was Tuesday morning or Monday. Who cares when it was put out? Who cares? But this is most cancerous in relationships. I need to be right. And I, and I need to prove you wrong. So number one is look at where you, you just need to be right. I need to be right. I am right. And you are wrong. And then the other one is proving other people wrong. Why, why do you do it? Why do you do it? Do you feel better? Do you just feel so much more superior? Yeah, they're wrong. And I'm right. Think about it. All right. Number one is it's not worth your bandwidth. Okay. And, and I'm talking about your mental bandwidth. You, you only have a limited amount, as they talk about in the book. There's only a limited amount of fucks that you should give in life. And it should not... Who cares when the trash was taken out? Who cares if I'm two square feet off in an apartment? That doesn't make a difference. Two square feet? Are you kidding me? That is a two by one foot area in an apartment. 
that's that's like a night table, okay, in an apartment, in an 815-square-foot apartment, okay? No, it's 818. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I had no idea that it was 816, I, I thought. So, listen, I, I this is one of the – and this is probably the most important thing if you want to be – if you want to become not only a good manager, but an effective manager, is that proving people wrong is not your job. You need to have them buy into your vision, and it is not through proving them wrong or proving you're right. I am the emperor. Everyone bow down to me. So I hope this helps a little bit. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I think this is a little bit different of an approach. And I, I'll tell you right now, I'm literally just recording this on my cell phone, holding it. So I, I wanted to bang these out because it was on top of my mind. So have an awesome day. Subscribe to the podcast. Let me know if you need anything and uh, talk to you guys soon.